your Bibles, please turn with me this morning uh, to the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter number six. I want to take just a few moments today and share with you that which the Lord has put in our heart. I know the if you'll stay with me to the end, we'll, we'll end good, okay? Uh, it may not sound so good uh, at the beginning. Uh, it, may, uh, it may seem a little uh, like something you don't want to hear. And don't let the title of my message this morning uh, get you too worked up at the beginning. But I feel it's necessary for me to deliver to you uh, this word today. And I stand here full of optimism, believing and trusting that God is moving and doing some wonderful things. I believe that he is. Uh, but also stand here as someone that loves this nation. Uh, and I will tell you today that I am fearful for her future. Uh, the current track that we are on is a track that we cannot sustain. It is a track that we cannot continue. Uh, if we do, uh, we will find ourselves in great devastation and destruction. Uh, so I'm going to be as real as I can. But this morning, if the Lord would help me, uh, I want to deliver to you uh, today America's coming storm. Now, I know that sounds... A lot of doom and gloom, but I, I want to take us to Scripture, and I want to walk this thing out this morning, and I want to do my best uh, to speak into your life because how many knows we need God this morning? Amen. I love this nation. This nation has been founded much differently than any other nation that you could talk about in modern history, even ancient history for that matter. If you go just north of us, the founders of it was there. They was looking for gold. The founders of the nation just below us uh, in the southern regions, they was founded and looking for gold. But those that was on the old Mayflower, when they come over, they was looking and desiring to enter into the presence of God. They wanted to be able to worship God freely. Now, we've come a long way from Plymouth to where we are today. We've made a lot of advancements, but we've also made some decisions that is taking us from who we was ordained to be. We find that the nation of Israel experienced this in their life as well in times past. Jeremiah was born for a purpose. His purpose was very clear. Jeremiah chapter 1 makes it very clear. The Lord simply said, that I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. I've ordained you to be a voice. And he said, but I am just a child. And the Lord simply said, don't say that. Don't classify yourself as that. But he said, I have chosen to bring you in this season for this purpose. And that purpose was to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down that sounds bad, right? Didn't stop there. But then he says to build up and to plant. What he was simply saying is I brought you at this time in history to destroy all of the garbage and all of the idle garbage that they have found themselves in 
but also to build up, to restore, or to bring back, and to plant so there can be something new and fresh. We find that as you begin to walk through the book of Jeremiah, the Lord simply said this, and this isn't what we're preaching this morning, but just laying a foundation. In chapter number two, he simply said, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. He simply was saying this, they have not stayed true to me, but then they've also tried to create something to substitute that which I am. And we're seeing that take place today. Which brings me to chapter number 6, verse number 16 through 19. I want to share with you this morning, and we're going to go on a journey for a few moments today. Is that all right? Jeremiah chapter 6, verse number 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your soul. But they said, we will not hearken therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken ye to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. This morning, can I say this today? We stand in a valley of decision as a nation. We also stand in the valley of decision as the people of God. The question that is before us cannot be ignored, but it is demanding an answer. Who will we be? A nation of law and principles that has granted freedom to millions are a nation of lawlessness and self-guided New Age ideals that abandon the foundation in which we have been established. There is no in-between, my friend. We must pray in this hour for a true spiritual awakening to take place in our nation. There has to be a cry of repentance come up out of America. That cry must begin at the house of God. As we turn to the Bible this morning, we find throughout Old Testament scripture that is filled with many lessons for us to learn from today. One of those lessons is what we just read together in Jeremiah chapter number 6. But let me say to you this morning, the scriptures was written, Romans 15 and 4 tells us, for our learning. We also know that according to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11, I believe it is, that it was written for our counsel, our caution, and our reproof. The lesson today that we are looking at, notice it was a time of religious and social turmoil. The nation of Israel had been pulled in many directions. They had become a people who had lost their way, walking in rebellion concerning the instructions that had been given to them by their God. And we find a loving God issuing a final warning for Jerusalem 
informing them of a coming storm due to their rebellion. Notice, it was his desire to offer them rest. Let me give you verse 16 again. Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you might find. No, it says and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Let me remind you of Psalms 33 simply says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I want to ask you this morning, who is the God of America today? Who is the God of your life today? Who is the God of the church world in America today? You see, their unwillingness to awaken caused great destruction. My prayer this morning is God help us to awaken. Notice he calls for them to return to that which he had given their forefathers, and he went as far as to instruct them on how to do it. And he simply says in the beginning of Jeremiah chapter 6, 16, he said, ask for the old paths. Let me remind you today that we talk about desiring a lot of things, especially in the church. We desire revival. We desire a move of God. We desire an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We, we desire all of these things. But I have to remind you this morning that the Word of God simply says you have not because you ask not. It's one thing to say, it's another thing to ask from here. We find that the Lord makes this plea. He simply says, stand in the ways and see. What he's saying is this. He's acknowledging that there is many ways. And he's simply saying, I want you to stand in all of these ways, all of these paths, and I want you to see, and I want you to look. He's saying this, there is not just one way before you. But he said, there is only one good way. That's why I must remind you of Proverbs 16 and 25 this morning. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I think without harming Scripture this morning, we could change this Scripture just a little bit today. Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a nation, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is many ways today that those in places of position and power are trying to take us. But can I tell you, they are ways that end in death. But if we will ask for the old path, the old way is often the best way. You know why the old path is often the best path? It's because it's a path that's tried and true. It's still around because it's been effective. It's worked. That's why today I am not ashamed of my heritage. I am not ashamed of being who I am today because can I tell you, it has been this path of holiness that has propelled men and women from this world into the world to come into the presence of God for generations. 
Jeremiah 7, 22 through 24, notice these words. It says, for I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and they went backward and not forward. Notice the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah at this time to Israel was simply saying this. I want you to understand. He was talking to a generation. He said, I want this generation to understand that when I brought you out of a place of bondage, I did not talk to you about religious activity. I did not talk to you about offerings and sacrifices. But he said, what I instructed your fathers was, if you would walk in obedience to my word, then I'm going to take you further and further and further because you're always going to be going forward. But it says, when you hearken not, you begin to go backwards instead of going forward. Today, we, the New Testament church in America, as well as around the globe today, we hear Jesus making a similar plea. We have been called to not walk every path, but we have been called to search out one path. Luke chapter 13, verse 24 says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. This path has a gate that is narrow, not easily entered. For there is only one way to the Father this morning. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But then we find in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Right now in our nation, can I tell you that we are telling everybody they can walk in any path and every path and still have Jesus and the Father. I'm so thankful that we are now in July because maybe I won't see rainbows on everything and everywhere I go. I'm going to love those people just like I love everybody else. But I am sick and tired of seeing Kermit the Frog tell me he's decided that he's going to be who he needs to be. Listen, they're reprogramming our children to accept all of this garbage that leads to death. And we come to the house of God and we sing with our arms folded and say, I shall not be moved. And we can talk about everything that's wrong but yet we choose not to be the solution. There is a storm coming. Your religion isn't going to stop it. Your profession of faith isn't going to stop it. 
But there's a generation of people dying and going to hell while we do nothing more than offer sacrifices and silly stuff. And a nation that was founded to be a city on a hill and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to fulfill the great commission and to be a friend to Israel is in the pathway of a storm that is going to bring great destruction while we sleep and slumber unless something changes. We know today that there's other broad ways that one might follow, but please hear me. They all lead to death. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Notice it is in those ways that everybody will tell you it's all good and grand. Please hear me this morning. There's still a way that will take you to a place of rest and peace, and it's still Jesus Christ. If your life is absent of peace and rest, maybe you need to stop and pause and self-examine and say, what path am I really on today? We all go through stuff. We all deal with stuff. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when you lay down at night, is there peace? Is there rest? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I know the words of Christ today are considered to be relatively old and out of date this morning. And I know today that we've gotten so custom in the platforms of the American church that we want the guy behind the sacred desk to entertain us and to be full of fire and life and to move us and make us feel good and all of those things. But I'm sorry, I'm not that guy. I'm going to deliver to you what God's put in my heart. Sometimes it means we have to slow down and give some instruction. Many now believe the Bible is no longer relevant and nothing more than an outdated book from another time in history. Hear me this morning. What happened to Israel appears to have happened to many other nations as well as our own currently this morning. As described in Jeremiah 18, 15. Please hear me. We have stumbled. It says, because my people have forgotten me, They have burned incense to vanity and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient past to walk in past in a way not cast up. Can I tell you this morning, the path we're on is not the path of success, but it is the path of death. To stumble stumble simply means this, to fall into sin or to be wayward or to make an error, to walk unsteadily or clumsy, to trip in the process of walking and running. Israel stumbled because they had forgotten God. Though God had revealed himself in his will long before and had established a pathway for them to follow, they instead turned 
from him and the pathway that he had put in front of them. And they sought out others' paths, which led them from the presence of God, from the blessings of God, from the favor of God. Today, I will stand here and tell you that as a nation, as well as even a church in the nation, we have forgotten God. Therefore, we find ourselves in a place of grave danger. Much like Israel, who was given the law of Moses, God established a pathway for us through his son Jesus for us to follow into a place of rest and prosperity. This is why today I must stand here and sound the alarm. Jesus established a way. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, we just read it a moment ago. He simply says, learn of me. What he's saying is, learn my word. Learn my doctrine. Learn my commandments. But he said, I'm not just going to leave you where you possess knowledge. But he says, that's why he says it is expedient for me to go, that the Father will send you, he the Holy Ghost, that he can abide with you. But notice it says in John 16, 12, and 13, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you could not bear them now. But however, when he the Spirit of truth has come... He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. We see the early church grabbed a hold of us in such a way, and they understood that, you know what, we cannot veer to the right or to the left, but we must stay steadfast in the freedom that we have in Christ because we have to lead this people. Acts 2 and 42 says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What was that doctrine? It was Jesus Christ been the way, the truth, and the life. However, I must remind you today, we have been commanded just like them. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the tradition which you have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. I'm not talking about religious tradition. I'm not talking about the tradition of men. But this morning, please hear me. I know there's pressure to conform. I know that now there's preachers, I'll put that in quotation, that is standing and saying that God now accepts everything that he died on the cross to deliver us from. And they're saying every walk of life is acceptable. Listen, there is a lot of things that's been said, but the word of the Lord hasn't changed, my friend. And the word of the Lord says to stand fast uh, and to hold the traditions which you have been taught. Goes on to say this, whether by word, meaning whether it's by this, or whether it's by the, the epistles, the direction, but he was simply saying this, whether the man of God, the prophet of God that has heard from God stands and speaks, whether you hear it in that manner, whether it's the written word, whether it's the rhema word, he said, doesn't matter. Hold true to that and stand fast in it. Notice, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 6 said, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after, after the tradition which you have received of us. 
We want unity, absolutely. We got to come together, absolutely. But we do not come together with sin. We do not come together with false religion. We do not come together with things that is contrary to the word of God. We do not applaud uh, those in authority in the church or in a nation uh, that goes against the word of God. Listen, just because they tell you it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Just because they have a position of power and they say, well, we can make you do that. Listen, it doesn't matter. There is some things that you have to stand and say, I am not moving, uh, but I am going to remain standfast uh, because the word of the Lord says hear me today the reason that there is a storm on the horizon of this nation is because uh, we have lost our spiritual backbone to stand and say enough is enough Uh, I don't need 50,000 I don't need 20,000 I don't need 10,000 just give me 120 that's willing to go to an upper room again uh, and get in the presence of God Uh, they can begin to turn a world upside down uh, when they say uh, we will not stand idly by We find ourselves now dealing with the results of the pathways that have led us astray. It's not politicians. We are in a problem today in the United States of America because of the doctrines of men in the church for the last 50 plus years that began to take us into a place away from the principles of the faith. Matthew 15 and 9 says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They began to be influenced by the things of the world, uh, and they began to bring it into the house of God uh, and stood in the sacred place and began to present it as gospel. uh, And people that was too lazy to find out the word for themselves and began to put their trust in men instead of trusting God, uh, they began to be led astray by the doctrines of men, uh, which then opened us up to the philosophy of men, uh, but the word of the Lord says in Galatians 2 and 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit uh, after the traditions of men, uh, after the rudiments of the world, uh, and not after Christ. Uh, Can I tell you, the moment we left the foundational principles of the word of God uh, is the moment we began to be indoctrinated uh, and with the doctrines of men and the philosophies of men, uh, and we began to have a church that began to walk in wrong paths. uh, And now we are a nation that is headed for destruction. God help us this morning. These pathways have often been presented as new and improved methods that fail to deliver what only the Lord can truly offer. Rest for your soul and rest for a nation. Rest for a family. Instead of rest, it brings an to a place of peace, we find ourselves living in turmoil and confusion. Hear me today. We have now entered into a season where we have been growing accustomed to turmoil and confusion. What we have not really realized is this, when there is turmoil and confusion present in a life, in a family, or in a nation. It always gives birth to conflict. And conflict always sets the stage for war. And war 
always brings death. To ensure that we are not led astray, we need to once again do the following. Please hear me. We must restore the landmarks of our nation, which in turn means we must restore the landmarks of our faith. Mommies and daddies, don't be afraid to teach your children the principles of the faith. Do not apologize for being somebody that believes in the miracle working power of God. Do not be afraid to be one of them. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. I'll be very transparent and honest with you. My generation is absent from the sanctuaries of America because of the simple fact there was so much emotionalism that it canceled out the true power and anointing of God that was moving and they didn't want to be labeled here's what I'm going to say to that generation get over it be labeled there's always radical stuff in everything just because somebody else did something stupid that didn't keep you from going to the ball field again it didn't keep you from cheering for your favorite team didn't keep you from listen I know people ran through plate grass windows and said that was Jesus and it wasn't let's be honest they got overzealous maybe they maybe they had good intentions Uh, listen that's not for me to decide What I'm telling you is this. There is a true authentic move of the Holy Ghost and we need it now more than ever. We got to come back to it. Our nation was founded much differently. I told you this earlier. Men came here desiring freedom to worship the one true God. We must begin to once again set up road signs that direct us back to the right path. Jeremiah 31, 21. I'm hurrying says this, set thee up way markers, make thee high heaps, set thy heart towards the highway, even the way which thou winnest, turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. For them, these road signs and landmarks was the law of Moses, to which they were not to add to or take away from. Notice what the word of the Lord said concerning Israel. Then I'll talk about concerning us. Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. It says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish Ought from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. He's simply saying, don't add to this thing. It's right the way it is. They were also instructed to pass this on, which they knew, to their children and to their children's children. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thy eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them... To thy sons and thy sons' sons. What he's simply saying is this. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. 
but continually to share it, pass it on. For us today, we are to set up landmarks, not that lead us back to the law of Moses, but we are to set up landmarks that lead us unto the right way, the good way. What is that? We have got to begin to take this nation and begin to point it back to the cross. You are not going to take this nation and point it back to the cross if all you do is come in these doors and be edified and equipped and then do nothing with the edification and the equipping. For this season in my life, this is the platform that God has blessed me to speak from. Your business, your place of employment, that is the platform that God has saw fit to put you in at this season. What are you doing with that platform? What are you doing to point people back to the cross? Is your life reflecting Christ or is your life reflecting the world? When they see you, do they see the other 99 employees acting the same way that you do that is out in the world? Is there a distinction? Is there a difference? I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning. It's okay. Notice with me, these markers are found in the apostles' doctrine. Acts 2 and 42, I gave you early. earlier. They, stayed, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine of fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. 1 Corinthians 14, 37 says, If any man think himself to be a prophet or, or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you that are the commandments of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when we received the word of God which we heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. These markers contain the doctrine of Christ, which without we cannot have God, see God, or experience God. That's why 2 John 1 and 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrines of Christ hath not God. It says you can profess it all you want, but you don't possess it. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If we desire rest for our nation, please hear me, and I'm going to wrap this thing up very quickly. If we desire rest for our nation, our families, and for our souls, it still requires us to walk in the old path. Now, I'm not saying we have to go back to go forward, but I'm saying we have to come back to the path that leads us into the presence of God and in the favor of God and the blessings of God. Much like in Jeremiah's day when the Lord set watchmen over them and instructed them to hearken to the sound of the trumpet in chapter 6 and verse 17. He has, and in this hour, has given his prophets a trumpet. And men are refusing to hearken. Everything that I've said has brought me to this point this morning. Please hear me. I stand today to speak a word of warning to you. As not just to a nation, but as to the church within this nation. We must arise from our place of residence and acknowledge that we are wayward children who have abandoned the Father's house and we must fall on our face and begin to cry out with a cry of repentance again because our nation is hanging in the balance. There is a storm that is brewing 
like we have never experienced in this nation. I do not say this to strike fear, but I say this very heavily today. We must hear the word of the Lord. Evil is at the door. Let us cry aloud and let us return to the landmarks of our faith. I stand today full of boldness this morning and declare to you that if we will walk upright before him, he will stay his hand and evil will be dispelled. But if not, there's a storm that's coming. That which the enemy thought he has been permitted to perform, he will successfully complete unless we disrupt it with our prayer of repentance. There has to be a change of focus. I know this isn't popular. And I know that there's a lot of people that's telling you it's getting ready to be better than it's ever been in every area. There's a lot of things that's getting ready to be better than it's ever been in the church. There's getting ready to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church. There's getting ready to be a cleansing and a purging of the church. There is a glorifying coming to the church because God's about to take his church home. I believe that. But I'm here to tell you the nations of the world is getting ready to grow darker than we have ever saw. There is getting ready to be a greater disruption than we've ever known. And the reason being is because of this simple fact. We have began to exalt men instead of God. And we have got to a place where we have overstepped our bounds in many levels. Please hear me. Even the conservative and the libertarian movement and even the church movement in America began to idolize a man. Listen, I believe God had his hand on a man. And I believe he still has his hand on the man. But the problem is this. We began to think a man was going to be our savior. A man is not able to save us from the things that's going on in our world. There is no politician. There's no political party. But listen, we are in a place where we've never been in this nation. And the reason that we're seeing all that we're seeing take place right now is because that we're entering into a time of selective judgment because God has had his feel with the activities of men. I do not want to strike fear into your heart today, but I want to bring you to a, a place of awareness. Many of you in this room have heard prophets for the last 10 to 15 years speak on specific things, and you would make preparation, and then it didn't happen when you thought it would, and therefore then you abandoned your preparation, and now you're sitting empty like you was 20 years ago. Here's what I'm going to say to you this morning it is a responsibility of men to make sure their family is protected and taken care of this is not a time for you and I to have empty cupboards and empty houses this is a time for us to prepare to be the hands and feet and touch the people that we can I could stand here and tell you a lot of things that God's put in my spirit and I thought he would release me to say a lot more today than I'm going to but not at this moment. But I will tell you this, every time in history that we began to see governments begin to take the role where they begin to provide for people and try to substitute God's role where he is the provider of people, it always brings famine, it always brings drought, it always brings lack. Can I tell you right now, today, 
people have bought into it. This morning, while you're sitting here today in the United States of America, we have 10 million open jobs today. But yet, on Thursday night at 9.30, I couldn't go in Connorsville, Indiana, and sit down and find a place to eat because nobody wants to work. Because the United States now has a population of people that is not saying, you're my God, but they're turning to Uncle Sam and say, you're my God. Famine is coming. Acres are burning. Wildfires are burning. In the last 30 days, the earth underneath you has shaken thousands of times. Hear me. Things are escalating. I know y'all don't shout me down, but I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I've got to to be honest with you and tell you that there is conflict, not just overseas, but there's conflict in this nation, this organization against this organization, this plot, this plot, this demonic, this demonic, uh, this kingdom of light over this kingdom of darkness. There's conflict. War is brewing. Can I tell you, conflict always brings war. War brings death when people are not prepared. Our nation is getting ready to go through one of the most turbulent times Unless we pray. And it's still going to go through some stuff. But if you and I will get a hold of God and begin to take this thing back to the landmarks of the faith, yes, it's going to be resisted. Yes, people's going to call you names. Yes, people's going to label you as been radical. Yes, people's not going to understand it. Listen, you're not going to be able to talk to this generation with thousand these, okay? They don't understand that. You're not going to be able to give them scripture, verse, and, uh, and chapter, and this verse. No, you're going to have to live this thing out before them, and you're going to have to walk in the miraculous power of God. Listen, God is willing and desiring. We just have to position ourselves. This week, a pastor who is battling blindness in Kentucky walked into his church, wasn't able to see, but when he walked out of his church, he saw just fine because of the miracle working power of God. Friend of mine calls another friend of mine and simply says, This, did you hear what happened to brother so and so? Yeah, I did. He said, It's caused faith to arise in me. He said, I'm on dialysis, but he said, I'm believing that God, if God can touch brother's eyes, I believe he can touch me. So faith is stirring in my friend. Can I tell you, I'm going to tell somebody this morning, I know it may look impossible. I know it may not sound logical, uh, but we're in a place right now when somebody becomes willing to say, God, I'm going to stand with you and you alone, and I'm going to come back to the place uh, of, the, of the landmarks of the faith, and I'm going to believe for you, uh, not just for my salvation, but for my healing, my deliverance, uh, for my miracle, uh, and God begins to move in that manner. It begins to disrupt what the enemy has been released to do, uh, and God will stay 
his hand and there can be a time of reprieve, but it doesn't happen unless faith is present. So I'm going to ask you this morning, how much faith do you possess right now for the things of God? How much faith do you have for your nation this morning? Right now, and I'm closing this morning as they come to the piano. The Lord would say to you and I today, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you power, says the Lord. Power to go into all the world. Power to cast out devils. Power to speak with new tongues. Power to bind. Power to loose. Power to lay hands on the sick. Power to advance the kingdom. The question today is very simple. Will you be one that begins to restore the landmarks of the faith? Brother Jason, could you grab me that whole bundle of flags right there behind that door? Bring them to me, please. Spontaneity of the Holy Spirit right now. One may ask why is it so important? Here's the answer I'll give you today. If the atmosphere begins to change, it changes the direction of the storm. Our only hope this morning is for the people of God to begin to once again burn with passion for its nation. You see, this morning I can, you see one thing in the front of this building now. But if I began to set up landmarks, I began to change the appearance of this room. doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes some effort. It just takes me willing to go and just pray one more time. It just takes me a willingness to fast one more time. It just takes me willing to feed somebody one more time, to bless somebody one more time it just takes me being somebody's smile it takes me being not so busy that I can't love on somebody and say you know what I see you're a little struggling today is there anything I can pray for you for today you know what I can say you know what I've been there I've been through that and this is what helped me I can just not be so busy but I can have some time with people You see, just a little effort and I'm beginning to change the looks of the room. Because there's landmarks. But see, these landmarks are not just set in one place, but these landmarks are set all throughout along the journey, the pathway. You see, if you're on that side of the room, you don't have to run all the way over to this landmark because there's a landmark right there that can help you. You see, they're available all of the way. Just a little effort. And a room that looks one way now is changing. And it looks differently. 
Why? It's because of the simple fact. Somebody thought it necessary to put something out there just to say, you know what? Here's a landmark. Don't stop here because see one of the one of the things for the motorcycle riders in this room will they they'll understand this. Don't matter if you got four or five or if you got fifty. If you've rode any length of time at all, the guys out front, they're driving. There could be an old tire in the road or an old dead animal or whatever, but if you're midway back at the end, all of a sudden, if you're just driving along, all of a sudden you see, you see, and if your riders rode with you, they'll do the same thing and the driver don't even have to do it, but you'll see somebody do this. They'll put their leg out like that or they'll put their hand out like that. They'll do it like this or like that and instantly you know there's an obstacle in the road. There's, there's a pothole or there's something there. And instantly it makes you a little bit more alert. You become focused. Because somebody gave you a landmark. Right now there's a generation that don't have any landmarks. They're just running. They're just running. But there's hazards in this journey. There's entrapments this morning. Can I tell you? In those times of danger, if we just begin to have those landmarks and they begin to wave, it begins to change things. Death is canceled. Destruction is canceled. Disaster is is deterred. Why? Just because somebody thought it was necessary for a landmark. Anybody ever been on an old road that you didn't really know? But there was a winding curve that you didn't know was there, but the sign told you it was there. And if the sign wasn't there, wouldn't have been so pretty, right? But there was a landmark. God's not done with her yet. But the enemy wants to destroy her. And the enemy kind of counts us off. We're not even essential by their standard. But what happens if she begins to wave her landmark? What happens if this group begins to wave their landmark and they begin to wave their landmark? A generation begins to see, hey, maybe there, maybe there is danger. Maybe this isn't the right way. See, when you start getting these things moving and you get them seeing they're established, lotus, all of a sudden, focus begins to be brought back to people. We're not essential. They tell us we're not essential because they're scared to death of us. If we was to begin to move in the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit, they know they can't stop us. This morning, 
we can't be silent at home. But we have to awaken and we have to be the church. This generation depends on us. The millennial generation, they depend on us. I've got to pass the baton in this relay race called life. You have to pass it. This nation is vital for this last day move of God. Will you be found counted? Amongst the ones that says, we're going to fight for We're going to reestablish the land, landmarks. Yes, we're going to be resisted. But God says, if I'm for you, who can be against you? Shake off the fear. Shake off the uncertainty. Be the man of God. Be the woman of God that God called you to be. I'm not telling you you have to be like me. Lord, help us. We only need one of me. I'm just telling you to be you. Be who God called you to be. Be a masculine man of God. Be a masculine follower of Jesus, men of God. Women of God, don't be afraid to be the mother that God's called you to be. Be the voice. Be the prophetess that God's called you to be. Don't let religion put titles and hindrances on you, but be who God's called you to be. We gotta be the voice. The voice of reason. As we stand all over this house this morning. I wanna give you this story, and then we're gonna pray. was nearing the end of the 19th century, a gentleman by the name of D.L. Moody. He began to feel an unction in his life. So he began to call a special convocation to his hometown of Northfield, Massachusetts. And this is what he called. He said, This is, this is what I'm calling us to today. He said, I'm calling us for a special convocation for prayer and waiting upon the Lord for a new endowment of power from on high. Moody, who had started out in his working life in the shoe business, most of you know his story, He never received ordination. He always wanted to be referred to as just Mr. Moody. But he was known and appreciated as a careful student of the Bible. And he stayed humble throughout all of his great popularity. He was desired all over the world. He traveled the world. But Mr. Moody's heart became increasingly concerned when he saw the spiritual condition of so many churches in America. 
And he simply asked, he said, how could he be an effective evangelist in extending God's kingdom with the local congregation's been so lukewarm? And that's what prompted him to call for this convocation, this special meeting. People from all over the globe comes, hundreds from everywhere. And his talks was written down and put in a book shortly after called Secret Power. But this is how that book was began. I want to read it to you this morning. He said, there has been much inquiry of late of the Holy Spirit. In this and other lands, thousands of persons have been gathering or been giving attention to the study of this grand theme. I hope it will lead us all to prayer for a great manifestation of His power upon the whole church of God. How much we have dishonored Him in the past. How ignorant of His grace and love and presence we have been. True, we have heard of Him and read of Him, but we have had little intelligent knowledge of His attributes, His offices, and His relations to us. Let others reject if they will at their own peril. This imperishable truth, I believe, and I'm growing more into this belief that divine, miraculous, creative power resides in the Holy Spirit. Unless he attend the word and power, vain will be the attempt in preaching it. Human elegance or persuasiveness of speech are the mere trappings of the dead. If the living spirit be absent, the prophet may preach to the bones in the valley, but it must be the breath from heaven that will cause the slain to live. If we want that power to quicken our friends who are dead in sin, we must look to God and not be looking to man to do it. If we look alone to ministers, if we look alone to Christ's disciples to do this work, we shall be disappointed. But if we look to the Spirit of God and expect it to come from Him and Him alone, then will we, then we shall honor the Spirit and the Spirit will do His work. I cannot help but believe that there are many Christians who want to be more effective in the Lord's service. It is from the Holy Spirit that we may expect this power. I'm calling us today, the remainder of this year, to a time of prayer and waiting on the Lord. I don't know what that looks like for you. You and the Lord can figure that out. But here's what I will say. Here's what I know. only thing that will keep a storm from coming is if there's a change in the atmosphere. Just a few years ago, a hurricane comes up out of the water, manifests on the horizon unexpectedly. It's coming towards the Caribbean islands. All of a sudden, the prophet of God hears a voice from the Lord says I want you to go stand 
on the banks and I want you to curse it. The prophet got on a plane, goes and stands. People are watching. He stands on the beach. He looks and you can see the darkness coming. The storm is inevitable. Destruction is coming. The man of God stands with boldness, with power. And he curses the storm in the name of Jesus. And it is recorded that those that was watching, they saw that dark cloud like it just began to turn, revolted, and went back out to sea. And no harm came because one man was willing to change the atmosphere. I want you to hear the heart of this preacher this morning. I'm trying to quit. There's a storm coming to this nation. It's nearer than what you understand and it's nearer than what you believe. There is a major disruption coming to this land unless unless we change the atmosphere. It's going to take more than your song, singer. It's going to take more than your message, preacher. It's going to take more than the prophetic utterance, prophet. going to take a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But will you? Will I humble ourselves and pray? Will we stand in the gap? Will we make up the hedge? Will we be the one that's found between the porch and the altar? not necessarily about this nation but it is about this nation we were birthed for a purpose let's fulfill our purpose in Nigeria today Christian children can't even go to school without the threat of being kidnapped and held for ransom or been brought into slavery all because of mom and dad's faith. Satan, the Christians have been slaughtered by the hundreds for their faith. There's an 18-year-old girl in Nigeria today that just has given birth to a second child from those that have captured her and raped her repeatedly all because she will not deny her faith in Christ. But they say, well, let you go if you'll denounce Jesus. That's not far from this nation. It's 
not far from this nation. But if somebody will put up a landmark, somebody else will put up a landmark, somebody else put up another landmark, we could change the atmosphere. We won't witness people burning our flags, but we'll once again see people standing and respecting it. I curse every dark thing that comes against her. Would you pray with me right now? Every demonic force that would try to destroy her, I curse it in the name of Jesus. We will be a nation that honors God, the one true God. Every demonic thing that would try to exalt itself against her, I command it to go back to the pits of hell where it came from. And I decree and declare that we will be a nation, one nation under God, indivisible. Freedom ringing. Not just national freedom, but spiritual freedom. I release a generation to be the prophets that they're called to be. I release a generation to be the preachers that God's called them to be. I release them to be the leaders that God's calling them to be. We will not be silent, but we will stand and sound the alarm and we will change the atmosphere and we will see a storm reversed in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare. this morning right now I want you to right where you're standing I know it's different this morning I want you to begin to intercede for your nation right now I want you to begin to intercede for your nation right now you can stand you can kneel you can walk to the front of this building I I don't care what you do but before we leave I want you to intercede for this nation because when you do that you begin to intercede for your family you begin to intercede for your church you begin to intercede for your community the devil is not going to to win if we intercede Father right now we just call out to you Lord we thank you that you are a high priest that can be touched we thank you today that we can call out to you we thank you today Lord and Lord we stand in the gap and we make petition for our nation Father forgive us of our sins forgive us of our waywardness Forgive us for going against the commandments and the statutes. Forgive us for walking in all different ways. Uh, But Father, we're coming back. Uh, We're coming back to the one way. Uh, We're coming back to your way today, Lord. Uh, And Father, we ask that you would forgive us as men of God, women of God, for getting into a place of complacency and getting into this place of comfort and casualness, Lord, uh, concerning the things of God. But Lord, today we make a fresh commitment. Uh, We renew our commitment to you that we will be the church that you've called us to be. Uh, We will stand and sound the alarm. Uh, We will be the voice within this nation, uh, decreeing and declaring the things of God. Uh, We will not be silent, uh, but we will stand and fight for this generation uh, and the generations to come if you delay your coming. Uh, We will walk with the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, We will walk with the Word of God under our arm and embedded in our hearts. Uh, We will not be embarrassed uh, to be called children of the Most High God. Uh, But God, with your help and by your Spirit, uh, we will lay our life down for the cause. Uh, And Lord, today I pray for fresh anointing to come to your people. Fresh boldness to come to your people today. Oh God. 
Help us to be what you're calling us to be in this season. Lord, let life begin to stand out from your people today. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, as we bow in your presence, as we stand in your presence. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you, and God bless you.